Okay. Okay, it's uh, it's definitely recording now, so um, uh, I think we're good to go, mate. Okay, so basically, um, sorry about the other night. Um, I don't know exactly what happened, uh, but it was kind of coming through as, um, you know, some of some of the words we couldn't hear properly, you know. So, um, um, yeah, uh, so basically what we need to kind of revisit is uh, just basically um, how long you've been... Um, uh in ultra running but how long have you been running yeah yeah um three years i actually had a, a notification on social media it was three years since your first marathon so that was a uh, road one around snowdonia so um three years running two years running over marathon distance yeah <clears throat> okay cool and and what is it that you do for a living what's your what you know have you always kind of like um uh, is it kind of fitness orientated uh, work background i know you've mentioned yeah. it isn't but basically it must be uh you know quite a good level of fitness that you need yeah um i don't sit behind a desk or work in an office or anything like that work in construction um the easiest way to describe is reinforcing concrete with steel bars, big steel bars. Uh, so like a bridge on a motorway will have big steel frame uh, behind the concrete or anything like skyscrapers and things like that. They all have steel foundations. So that's, uh, that's, wow. what, I, that's what I do. And, and how long have you been uh, doing that? Uh, I think just over five years now. Right. Okay. Did you go straight straight after kind of uh, you know university or what, what was the? No, uh, I dabbled in college and, and uni, and then it wasn't really working for me. So I was working in a pub in my local town, and uh, my boss, who's passed away now, actually Tim, he uh, he met me over the bar, and he he just he just says I can pay you four times what you're on now, but you'll get cold and wet, and it's not easy work. But I just went for that, and. Uh, just gone from there, I suppose. Right, right, brilliant. Um, uh, so yeah. basically, working outside. So uh, you, yeah. you're in lifting, all kinds of weather. Lifting, twisting, bending over a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, stupid stuff like that. And yeah, all, all weathers, hot, cold, uh, and anything in between. Yeah. And how far does? Uh, I mean, basically, obviously, you're now into the ultra running. Uh, side yeah. of things but how long um, you know as kind of like a fitness level uh, been part of your life has it always been part of your life um i suppose there was a time if you think about when i just said i worked in the pub i was i mean i was only like 19 but i was i was drinking a little bit too much it was a real ale pub and that's what I, if i do have a drink i have a part of real ale Sort of probably in a little bit of a slump there really and i got i, I did get unfit i was playing football but i'd lost uh I've lost sort of a yard of pace, if, if that makes sense. And I was putting on a bit of weight. And then, to be fair, the job, the physical demands of the job when I first started, I started lose, losing weight and toning up and, and getting stronger and fitter. I suppose that set me up well for when the running came along, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant, mate. Brilliant. Um, uh, <clears throat> obviously, um, you know, the, 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 the recent kind of um, introduction into ultra running, how long is it now uh, for ultra running, would you say, that you've been in the sport? Um, and I did my first ultra marathon on, I think it was the 29th of December, 2017. So oh, okay, we're looking looking at three, just almost, just under three three yeah, years. Yeah, almost three years. And how long yeah. was that one? That ultra? That was I think it was 45 miles. It was down south. Yeah. Um, the Winter Cross Ultra, I think it was. It was a good good. It was it was relatively flat. Yeah. Uh, out and back, it's not really a navigation challenge. It was a really good first look at, uh, I think it was 40, 46 miles. So I, I did enjoy that. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Uh, so obviously since then, uh, you've really yeah. kind of uh, come into your own and you've learned, uh, I guess, quite a, quite, a, quite a lot during your journey into ultra running. What are the kind of yeah. things that, uh, that you've learned along the way, would you say? What are the, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, you know uh, there's, there's lots of kind of uh, um, factors uh, you know, yeah. from training to nutrition. Well, just give us a bit of a glimpse, a bit of a lowdown of what's been really kind of important, um, you know, a, a part of your journey. Yeah. Um, the one thing I would say is you've got to be realistic if you're looking at your training program. 
um, never compare yourself to someone else because every, everyone's circumstances are different. For instance, at the minute I'm traveling a long way to and from work, which would affect the, the, simply the time I've got to train. So that's why I, I'd never have a coach as well, because I feel like I can't really put my position into someone else's hands to, to then plan for me. So I'd, I'd definitely say you've got to stick to uh, stick to your own plans and, and be realistic. That that would be one. one and thing draw plans up. You know, so some people don't even go that far. Um, but yeah. you know, they they don't necessarily uh, you know put pen to paper and say this is this is when I'm going to run. This is when I'm going to fit it in. Yeah. And therefore, you know, it's um, it's like you know how they feel on the day. Really, uh, would you say yeah. that having a plan is is an important aspect? Yeah. Definitely an important aspect in having, say, you know, six months time. You want to be, you want to be doing a hundred mile race and say, I don't know, a certain amount of time, or you just want to finish hundred mile race. But with ultra running, especially for me, you've got to be open minded, and circumstances change. So something might change in my work where it restricts me that week, and the week after, oh, I might have finished early on a Thursday, so I can make up for the the change in circumstances, and maybe on that Thursday night. I might go to the Peak District and I might do a marathon when realistically I should have done 10 miles, if that yeah. makes sense. So definitely be versatile. And But I, I don't travel to the same... I haven't got a routine going to work which can um, allow running and exercise in. Like I'm leaving the house at 5 a.m. and I'm driving. I'm not running or I can't go to the gym before. So you've definitely got to be... Uh, open-minded about when you can train definitely. yeah 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 so your general kind of working day then what times it start what time do you leave to go to work and how long is that journey that you mentioned well at the minute uh, I'm, I'm working in preston so i'm leaving at 5 a.m uh, my briefing starts at seven and then i'm leaving again at five in the evening and i'm not getting home till r6 so so it's yeah. a long old day, that. That's a long old day. Um, so it is, you, it's difficult, yeah. It's yeah. difficult to fit it in. But then, you know, it, it also adds to the challenge. And when, when you're in the middle of these, these stupid long runs and you've made the right decisions and you've made time, you know you feel good. Yeah. Um, it sort of it, it adds to the experience, if that makes sense. You can, you can look back on them times where, oh, I've done all that work in that day and driven that far. I've got in, I've trained. Mm-hmm. And I've made them. I've still made the most of the time, so it's satisfying 100%. when it works. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. You know, I, I would say that given the fact that the hours, if that's what you consistently work, um, yeah. is that is that the case? Is that literally how it's been for a good amount of time of being in that job? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then if some some days, you know, I'm, my job is build this, build that, and you can go home. So right, okay. if I know that's happening, if I know that's happening. I might be rushing around like headless chicken at work, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I will then utilise the spare time because my partner would normally be at work then as well. Yeah. And that's when I can I can train and I add some miles in. But yeah. then obviously the weekends, um I do I do utilise my time really well and you now I, I I put in the miles to get to Snowdonia or the Peak District or the Lake District and then uh, make the most of the, the weekends definitely. Brilliant. I mean, that kind of leads me on to the next kind of thing. Uh, one of the one of the important things, I guess, about your your training really is a bit of variation. So, uh, yeah. where do you tend to go? Peak District, Lake District, that kind of thing. Would you say? Yeah. So the, the Southern Peak District, uh, Buxton Leak, is the closest place for me, and that's probably where I got inspired to make a move from road to trail because. I was running on this this place called the Ro the Roaches the Roaches Ridge and it's just for me it's just it's it's an incredible place I absolutely adore it and uh, I got an emotional connection with that and I was going up there and then slowly but surely I'd sort of span from the ridge so I then had like another fell um, which is five k from the ridge so that was like an out and back with a big climb and then before you know it I was doing a thirty one mile loop. Um, a race loop actually uh it's called the five trigs and uh, i was doing that and yeah that, that was that was the area that inspired me to to probably make the move to uh to trails definitely i still yeah, got yeah. there now and if i go if i'm going for a walk like i went for a walk on sunday just to keep moving 
and that, that's where I go because I, I, I adore the place. I think it's brilliant. And do you think that you'll ever kind of um, uh, go back to tarmac, you know, as a you know, like a marathon yeah. marathon kind of runner? Because uh, um, I guess that's where you kind of probably started. That you know, when you kind of get yeah. into running, you start yeah, at definitely. like you know the tarmac, the ten k's, and the, the marathons, and kind of build up from there. Really, don't you? Uh, would you say that you'd kind of go back to something like that? I. I love the sport that much that I, I, like I, I can be on a Friday night, I can be on the track. And I mean, it's not a proper track. It's like a playing field up, up on the edge of town doing five-minute miles. And then on Saturday morning at eight, yeah. I could be on crib, crib got scrambling. So yeah. I do I do, do the, the tough miles and the, the fast miles on the road and on the track. And yeah. there's some, something during lockdown, me and my training partner, Hugh, who's moved to Canada now, um, we go on a run and we do sprint finishes for a mile, two mile, like on the way home to like sort of mimic a race, which which yeah. helped I think. And we, we were racing, um, and that that was good. But yeah, I, I would. Uh, I think I think I probably would, you know, try and try and do a marathon, you know, yeah. maybe sub sub two forty or something like that. And I do I do love moving moving quickly. Like, um, is it? You know, if I do make a jump from the level I'm at now. Uh, whatever level that might be. If I do make a jump up, up to another level, I probably will specify and be more particular with the speed work I do, definitely. I'm with you. I'm with you. Just uh, just going back a touch, um, obviously, uh, so that people can understand that you've not kind of gone from... Um, from basically taking up running three years ago, give or take, to straight into ultra marathons, uh, yeah. or you know that that kind of thing. So, did you did you do some marathons? You say, and what kind of? Yeah. So, did you start kind of like your aim was initially to kind of you know get running, and then you saw the marathon as you you know you go. Yeah. What where, what was the uh, what what was it like back then? Yeah, uh, the thing for me was I, I was relatively quick and fit. Um, like the first half marathon I did, I'd only been running about two weeks, and I, I quite comfortably uh, comfortably did like a one thirty or ninety minutes, which was which was cool. And then I thought, oh, okay, that's good. And then I did a half marathon in Chirk, which was good. And then a couple of weeks later, I did another one in Conway, uh, all in Wales. Uh, and then I did a solo marathon up in the Peak District, but that was on the road. And then I did the Snowdonia one, which was which is brilliant. It's a superb race. But then it was all about the distance. It was all making the, making the jump to the distance. I wasn't concerned about time. I knew I was, you know, relatively good, like in a certain certain percentage, maybe towards the top end. But the the real draw for me was was distance, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, uh, so basically, fast forward into um, into. Uh, the kind of like the lockdown and uh, the lockdown uh, being eased, um, yeah. and you uh, you can you set your heart on some fastest known times. So yeah. uh, which ones have you done this year? It uh, was it just this year? It was this year, wasn't it? That it all kind of like yeah. started to happen uh, in yeah, terms of yeah. fastest known times. Anyway, um, can you tell yeah. me about that? Yeah, uh, well, going back, mentioning Hugh again. Uh, he lived just around the corner for me at the time because his, his work in Canada had been stopped because of COVID. And he he's a couple is a year older than me, I think, and we've both got similar interests. He's a very good fellow runner. Um, and we were we ran a local route called the Stone Circles, which is like thirty five miles and we managed to we did it we did it three or four times and we got a, a record time on that. There's not nothing, you know, there's not there's not been any real competition on it like, but that was cool. Uh, and then I told him that there's a route Called the Dane Valley Way, which runs from Norwich to Buxton, and we we had a tough forty-seven mile route along there, and uh, got a record on that. And then I decided to to make the move uh, and do the Glendale Way in Wales. Uh, so I'd already I'd won the off a dike race uh, the September before, and set, uh, set a course record on that, which was which was super. That's one hundred eighty-eight miles, runs from Chepstow in the south up to Prestatton in the north. It's a fantastic route. So I knew I, I knew I could cover the distance and then I went for the um the Glen Glendale Way, pronounced wrong because it's Welsh and I can't get it right. But that was that was cool to like plan my own it's the first time I'd planned my own schedule and 
worked out where I needed my mum in the camper van and all that, and that was a success. I managed to take uh, two and a half hours off off the record time for that, uh, without what? really going too too deep. Looking back, and I, I recovered I recovered really quickly from that. Yeah, what, which then, what time did which, you do that in, sorry? What time? Uh, I think the previous record was 38.06, and I came in at 35.35. 35. Uh, I factored in, I mean, it's 137 miles, and there's, there's some really tough climbs. I think there's knocking on 28,000 foot of climb. Um, so it, it's tough. It's a, it's a really tough route. I, I did it in, I think it was the start of July, so the weather wasn't brilliant, but... It's a tough route. Uh, looking back, I, I do think I could do it faster, but at the time, it was I felt in control the whole way, and it was a really, uh, really good weekend. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Yeah, and uh, some of the uh, some of the things that you kind of uh, utilised there uh, in terms of your support crew, you carried. Uh, with you uh, into the Southern Upland Way. Um, So um, for those people that don't know um, about, because basically what we'll be doing is we'll be editing this. Uh, I'll get one of the team to edit it. uh, And basically we'll, uh, we'll, we'll kind of, just in case any of the, uh, the, the the people that eventually kind of uh, see the article or uh, the person who's editing this is unfamiliar with the Southern Upland Way. What yeah. is it all about and why the Southern Upland Way? Why did that take your eye? Yeah, well, the only thing that opened up the door for the Southern Upland Way, the first thing, was the recovery from this run we just spoke about in Wales, the, uh, the Glendale Way. I, it, I really recovered quick. Um, it was I must have been in the, probably the best shape I've ever been in. So the mind started running again, whether or not I could get one more in for this year um, towards you know end of summer, September, October. And I went on. I think it was the National Trail website. So I'd already got two two record times, and I noticed the Scottish one, and then I saw Mike Hartley's name on it, and I thought, well. I'd like I, the the records I had set weren't against a name like him, and I thought if I'm going to make a step, I need to take on a time with someone's name like that on it. So that's basically uh, that's what opened the door for me, and then started focusing on the route, looking at the maps, speaking to the right people up in Scotland, and uh, managed to build build the team and build the plan. Yeah. Um, so, how many people were involved in uh, in in offering your support? What kind of like uh, yeah. what kind of things did you have to put together to? Um, so, anybody who um, wants to put together, I mean, um, so we've mentioned uh, uh, you know uh, different kind of fastest known times on different routes um, yeah. or different courses. So, you know, we might be planning a fifty mile or hundred mile, and this is yeah. different, isn't it? In what way is it different, and what did you need to do over and above? Yeah, it's it, it's well. Obviously, I mean, the first thing we were we were all conscious of, and I was obviously speaking to you at the time, was COVID and keeping it safe and keeping it realistic for people. You know, I couldn't be swamped with support runners, or I couldn't be swamped with um, with road support, and that was obviously important because I wanted to do it right. You know what I mean? I didn't want it to break break. You know, there's a boundary, and I, I think we we stayed in the boundaries, which was obviously good. So that that's the first most important thing. Um, but the challenges of the route, obviously the the, the length, um, but also quite literally the length. So getting getting people around, moving people around uh, was difficult. Uh, road support was, was obviously vital and for the first 24 hours I had a good friend called Tim, Tim Wiggins who I met on a race down south uh, Brecon Beacons so he was he was good, he was enthusiastic for the first 24 hours, he would have ran with me but he, uh, he injured himself in the Lake District uh, a couple of weeks before so that wasn't an option and then uh, for the last 38 hours I had Glenn Davis who was absolutely superstar um, so there was two road supports, and then I had I had a pe- one one support runner with me at all times, carrying uh, water, uh, whatever food I'd like, and obviously their own stuff. So there was there was a bit of weight in their pack. Uh, I think I had seven seven support road support uh, seven runners with me, maybe six, and they were all absolutely superb, and I owe them. Uh, a big gratitude. 
in terms of basically the uh, the this uh, so uh, anybody who's unfamiliar with like a, a support crew what is the role yeah. of a support crew uh what did they do for you yeah. when you came in um at yeah. whatever hour what did they do well obviously the the whole thing about these these record attempts is not a race so you're in control of everything so i tailored everything to move efficiently fast safely and basically just 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 move as fast as i can that that's where these things differ from a race you know i, I, I got to choose what i carried um I, I carried very little um i got to choose when i stopped where i stopped so it, the the difference between the races these are all these things in my hands and my every single decision i make from the first hour to the last hour will affect the the end result so but i i enjoy that i think i enjoy that more than races i was thinking about this today um i think i enjoy the the fact that i i do all the hard work i plan it you know obviously the people are there and without them it would be impossible but Compared to a race, I like that it's sort of out my out the comfort zone, and that your decisions really do impact. So there's no nice village hall to run into, and you wouldn't have me a cup of tea ready. That you know that that doesn't happen. You you're on the side of a road here in a van, in the rain, and you've got to keep moving, and you you sleep if you want. Uh, I'll have I would I would have hot food ready for me if it was in the evening or in the early morning, but in the day. I'd probably not eat hot food. It would be just a quick bowl of pasta, fish, uh, and then I'd be on my way again. So it's all it's self control. You've got you've got the you've got the keys to it, sort of thing. <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, it's about um, you know making sure that you've got all the factors, um, you know, and uh, and that there's a uh, a distinct um, uh, to do list. When when you yeah. come in, so when you come into a, um, a uh, you see your support crew there, uh, social distance of course, um, yeah. and basically uh, they may have a certain kind of you might say send your pacer up ahead and yeah. he'll say, uh, okay Jack would like um, you know this kind of food is that about yeah. right that kind of thing and uh, you'd like a sleep of what kind of sleep what 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 kind of things so you've got like change of footwear change of how many yeah. how many shoes did you have uh, trainers did you have during the Southern Oblong Way yeah well things I'd learned from uh, previous record attempts or big things that I've been involved in was uh, Damien's Halls Penang Way uh, attempt so I saw how to build a schedule and I saw what was written on his schedule even though I helped him very little at my my, my role was sort of towards the end um, I, I had a look at an elite athletes the way they go through it and I tried to put that into my own and I also helped John Kelly on his uh, grand round right at the start saw how his schedule was, was built saw a little bit of how how he ran things coming in and out of uh, support points and what what was going on with him so that was that was fantastic uh, but for myself I created like a whatsapp group with everyone so uh, there was a few times I text ahead uh, like an hour uh, a certain pair of socks I wanted a certain pair of shoes I wanted and then a pacer like you said would would run ahead saying Jack wants 12 minutes sleep or I think one point I had four minutes sleep which is, might sound ridiculous but it, it worked for me um, so yeah and anything that can be done in prep it's literally all about in out as fast as you can safe as you can and just keep moving yeah yeah absolutely and um and in terms of basically what you were eating was it was it real food was it just tailwind was it like um you know what what kind of uh things were you you know nutrition were you were you using throughout yeah um well this is a, a good a good thing that i've learned good and bad experiences uh real real food definitely works for me so high carbs and um, i stuck to things that i'd eat day to day so every single day i have uh, tins of mackerel with either rice pasta uh, lentils and sometimes i had like a, a wrap or a pizza bread to that so i stuck to that during the uh, during the attempt because i know my body my body's used to that my body knows how, how to digest it my body i don't have any issues with my stomach from that uh, the only real supplement I had was electrolytes in uh, in my drink because they helped me with concentration. But like make the salts or I don't know what it is in them, but 
in the past I've struggled with, with making the right decision at the right time, even if it's 150 miles into a run and I'm tired. Um, I just felt like maybe something in the electrolytes helped me mentally, which was uh, which worked again. When and in the past it has not worked at all. Um, I mean, there was chocolate bars, there was cake, there was high calorie crap, as well you could you could call it, just to just to give your body a fast a fast kick. But there was no uh, there was no gels or there was no chews or there was there was nothing like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and in terms of sleep, um, you know, how how much sleep did you did? Was it like uh, half an hour here, twenty minutes there? How much sleep yeah. did you have during this check? Yeah. Um, well, when I did the off the diet race, that was it took me forty nine hours. That was one hundred eighty eight miles, and I was so naive. I was in the lead. I was slowing down, and I I thought I could do the whole thing without without having to sleep. And I actually was getting bombarded with text messages off my partner Jess saying, "Just have, you know, just have a sleep." I got into a tent at Landegla. I had, I think I had twenty minutes, but I could have been a bit, a little bit less. And that reset me. And I was, uh, I then ran. I held on to the the course record, and I ended up winning. So I'd learned, I'd learned how a tiny amount of sleep can really reset me for three, four, five, six hours, depending if it's day or night. Yeah. So I, I brought that, I brought that into this um, this attempt. That's I knew not a lot. Of, I, not a lot of sleep. That that's that's it. That's really no. really really amazing. You know, that was on the edge. Yeah, I think it was that that was rough for that. Like I said, I think it was twenty minutes for this one. Uh, I had my first sleep at a hundred and two miles. Oh no, sorry, ninety-three miles. I had twelve minutes. Sanka. Hundred. Sanka. Hundred and two miles. I think that was the. I think that was the four or five minute one. One more. Okay. Yeah. One lock head, yeah. Um, I needed. I just needed a little, little refresh because I know from there when you when you're climbing up the hill, uh, the the fell, you've got some tough fells there, and then you know, obviously the weather had turned and it was the the daylight was coming, which is fantastic. But I did I did struggle a bit in that section. Um, That's why I saw you near the reservoir, isn't it? And then you. Yeah, yeah. that that was a that was a bit of a tough spell for me. But yeah. you know, the, I know I know them things are going to come. I know those those times are going to come, um, and then I'd had five minutes sleep on the side of the trail climbing Croft Head. It was a, it's a tough climb up there. I hadn't done the climb in my recce. It was a tough zigzagging. I just felt like I'd been moving well down by the river, and I give myself a five minute reset. I then had planned to sleep again at St Mary's Lock, but. I just felt like it wasn't necessary. I, I thought for hours I was going to sleep there. I got there and I didn't sleep. I think I had six minutes since sitting in the chair eating. I changed my socks. Uh, and then I headed to Trequire. Yeah. Yeah, and then I met Neil, uh, Neil Rutherford. I had another 12 minutes there. And that was the last sleep I had in the van, I slept on a bench and I slept on a old farmer's gate, which I ripped. I thought, I, I'm sure he won't be listening because it was the middle of nowhere, but I, I ripped this farmer's <laughs> fence. We'll edit this one out, mate, don't worry. I ripped the farmer's fence down and lay in the middle of the trail. Neil Rutherford couldn't believe what he was seeing. I was like, just give me just give me five minutes. And he, he tapped me on the shoulder after five minutes and we got moving again. Um, yeah. So all in all, I think I had 49 minutes sleep over the uh the 55 hours 49 minutes yeah yeah well that's brilliant that's absolutely brilliant you know because uh, you're kind of you know you're pushing yourself uh you know to uh to to the limits you know what i mean um yeah. so um you know that's uh that's something that's quite a feat um and that sometimes is you know all the difference you know, yeah. um, it's it's a huge thing, really. Um, just going back to it there, where you said basically you knew it was coming. You had you struggled at that point. Uh, just yeah. after the first night, uh, it was. Uh, I think uh, after I saw you guys coming down uh, from Lalfa Hill and you hit the yeah. road. Um, yeah. I think it's around about Tresloss, uh, the, um, the the cottage there, and you hit the road. Um, and I saw you there, and you basically you mentioned that um, you uh, you knew you were going to hit it, 
Um, what did you hit? Uh, was it exhaustion? Was it, um, yeah. you know, a number of things? Was there any self-doubt? Well, what was it like? And uh, and what did you deal with it? How did you deal with it? Sorry. Yeah. Um, well, up until St. John's, just just rewind a little bit. Um, I was in I was in such a such a good position. I mean, I I really felt that I felt absolutely superb. I, I, my heart rate was I, I don't care about heart rate, but my heart rate was so low. I just didn't feel like my my body was working at all. And I'd done sixty or seventy mile training runs self-supported so i was so confident so comfortable headed into the night from there to san you know things got a bit tough and the weather was bad but but that that first 75 miles was was superb and i'm, I'm really tough for that what time when did we, you get to st john's what time was that do you remember uh, i can look it up got, it's not a problem i think it was half half six so i'd Brilliant. done 67 miles in 12 12 and a half hours yeah, brilliant. Which, in a long run, I mean, obviously looking back now, that that was crucial because of how, of how close it was. But I I text the WhatsApp group on Thursday saying I'm going to make a move the first hundred, uh, get ahead of the game, and then just rely on my conditioning mm. to, to to finish the job. And that that's pretty much what happened. So that you know people knew people knew I was I was going to be moving. You know, I'd said I was going to do that. Like, so I'm, I'm chuffed with that. And and I was holding back. I saw you down by, um, is it Glen Troll, the, the lock? Yeah, there? yeah. And yeah. I was I was holding back then. I, I wanted to just yeah. to, to really make a move then, but I just had to be mature and take my time and think of the bigger picture. But I was enjoying myself. I was speaking to James, uh, and everything was fine. But yeah, nice going lot. back to the first, yeah. the first low, the first low point. So I just had a little sleep. The weather had turned. And, and another thing, uh, my pacer, Alistair, you know, it wasn't an easy night for him. It was cold. He was moving slowly because of me. But that was weighing on my mind a bit. But it's just a frustrating section. You can't, you don't seem to be making any progress. It's up and down. It's The weather was horrendous. It, it, I was more frustrated than, than struggling physically. Uh, yeah. I was more frustrated because, you know, I still had a little buffer then. And there was still a long way to go, but... I should have I should have known, you know, that was gonna be a, a slow section. Yeah. I was still on schedule, but yeah. it's just a frustrating schedule. And then you hit the road and I told Alistair, when we hit the road, you make sure I'm moving, you you know, you give me a push in the back if you need to. And I felt like I was moving, but I wanted to move faster. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that was that was frustrating. But yeah. I mean there was there was no sort of well, let's throw in the towel, you know, we've had a we've had a tough four hours, you know, there was none of that. Yeah. Nothing like that. <laughs> Where did you go in your head? Uh, you know, basically, not just then, but basically when you know when the chips were down and you were, yeah. you know, you had to kind of dig deeper. What did you do? Yeah. How did you? How did you basically adjust? Um, I just think back to like, like I said this first time. You know, there was a, there was a time on Saturday night where you know I was in I was in a hole and I did have to pull myself out. This time, you know, the hole was starting to appear, but I didn't actually drop into it. But I still had to you know change a few things. Um, I think I put maybe put a bit of music on, uh, which I'd done previous you know earlier on in the run just just to give me a little revamp. Luckily, the sun was coming up, so that that, that gave me a, a little jump start. But you just got to be patient. I, I said at the start of the the challenge. I said to a few people back home, I said, I've just got to give my, I've just got to get myself in the position where I can perform. Because at this point now, you know, at this time of the run, I'm not, I'm not performing. I'm just, I'm, I'm moving to the point where, and there is a point in these runs and these races where, you know, this is, this is, this is make or break. And that was obviously further down the line. But I just, and I, I, I owed it to myself to get myself to that point. So this was just just breaking down a few little walls you know what i mean before the before the the big crunch later on you seem very very kind of focused and basically you know um when, when i saw you join during it um you know I, I, what i kind of sensed was that uh there was um you know i uh, i think i mentioned this on on the uh on you know the last uh interview uh that didn't record rights is that basically uh you know i've seen a lot of runners uh, and, um, you know, you did kind of, you know, how you were dealing with it uh, was really kind of good to see, um, you mm -hmm. know, that basically, you know, it was just pure focus. 
it was head down it was basically control as you've mentioned now you know you're controlling the factors and basically yeah. that that's what you were doing you know and uh, and uh, in terms of one of one of the aspects that i did see um is that um you know uh, paces um you utilize paces can you tell me uh, the importance of a pacer what do they do and i know that the name tells you everything but for those people that mm. don't are they uh, a crucial part because uh, you've run with you say john kelly damian mm. hall uh or you know uh, these guys um basically mm -hmm. uh, do they also use paces and is it something which is a you know for a fastest known time that you would highly recommend as a uh, as a factor. Yeah, you, you, you haven't you haven't got a lot to stand on if you're going on your own. Uh, absolutely, I mean, even if you're on your own with, with with road support and not you know no paces. Realistically, I mean, saying that Finley Wild has just demolished the Ramley round on his own, self self supported, but I had the joke the other day that he literally he did it in his back garden because he knows that place. Yeah. Like his back garden, like yeah. his back garden. So the, the the control factors are all there, but for something like this, and you know, listening to say Damien when he talks about his Pennine Way one, it, it's just absolutely crucial. Paces, for instance, Paul Paul at the start, uh, I picked Paul up on Thursday night. We stayed in the hotel. Um, we we started running together from the coast in um, Port Patrick, and we spoke for three and a half hours. Constantly, we were we were talking about uh, future races. We were talking about times we've had before on the off the diet race. We were talking about shoes, Paul hydration. Nelson. Paul Nelson was it? You say? Yeah, Paul yeah. Nelson, who's absolutely cracking, cracking bloke. Yeah. So, for instance, I just settled in. We were talking about pace. You know what? I, I'd ask him a few times, "What do you think about the pace?" Because at, at, at twenty-two miles, I, I, I was still, I was still in, you know, not even in first gear. I was just chilling out. Everything was fine, and that's what paces, that's what paces can do. So I mean, me and Alistair and um, Norman, we were climbing, climbing up through the hills on the Friday night. Norman was telling me all his ghost stories about the boffies we were running past, you know, <laughs> little things stories. like that. Not necessarily taking my mind off it because yeah. at that point I didn't need my mind taken off anything. I was, I was enjoying yeah. myself. I still felt in control, but just things like that, they, they really help, you know, obviously the carry gear, they do this and that, um, which is fantastic. But the conversations are more, you know, and they're also, they also navigating really. Even um, if it's even if it's just a one way conversation, it's basically yeah. knowing that uh, you know uh, it keeps your mind ticking, doesn't it? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the trail can be a lonely place, hundred um, percent. And I can imagine, you know, not that it's happened to me really, but you know, I've had races where I've done well, but and I've dropped out. But being like a middle pack runner in a race or towards the end, and you you just want to finish. And you haven't got you haven't got a pace there and all that. That's the that's a sort of realm which is really difficult. And um, anyone who's who's in that bracket, fair, fair play to them because you're not at the front end. You haven't got your mind uh, on a race or a time or, or getting a podium, for instance, or finishing the top ten. You just want to finish. And those yeah. people are absolutely fantastic. But what, what I'd love to to hear from people who that their sort of mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, do, we're doing it to finish, not necessarily doing it, yeah, you know, to move absolutely. as fast as possible. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that, mate. Yeah, there's, um, it's, it's, you know, it, it can be more difficult. It can be more difficult to, uh, you know, the, the last three quarters of the of the pack, say, than it can be if you're moving, even if you're two days ahead. It's, it can yeah. still be more difficult for those, well, you, those towards the back. If you're out there for twice as long, then your feet are taking yeah, yeah. twice as battering you know and uh, and the rest of your body parts so well that, yeah, that's that's uh, a, another attraction of the sport to me you know yeah the people, the, the people you meet everyone's doing it for different reasons but at the end of the day we all love being uh out on the trail or out on the hill i agree and yeah we all come we all come together whether you're running pbs or whether you're just you know crawling to the finish line sort of thing yeah absolutely absolutely yeah that's what i think i uh, miss about uh the the, the racing uh, too. Yeah. Um, so basically, um, we've now uh, discussed in terms of basically, um, you know, getting the, uh, getting things together like a strategy uh, for the Southern yeah. Upland Way um, and, you know, how you kind of, um, you know, um, 
uh, how you kind of got through it in many ways. Um, in terms of basically what you learned about yourself during something like this, um, yeah. you know, where did it take you and what did you learn that, you, that you've taken out of it? Yeah, um, it's a tough question, really, because I learned that when I was saying to myself, you know, I was, I was slightly behind and going through Saturday night and it was it was looking like it might not happen. And I made the mature decision and I spoke to Neil. I was in some, some real bad pain with my left, uh, lower left shin. And I'm so glad I said this to Neil and he'll back me up, unless I was hallucinating, but I, I know I said it. I said, I've just got to, I've just got to manage this for a few hours three yeah. or four hours because I need to finish and I, I, I then had accepted that the time might have gone so I kept moving forward I then moved into a good spell and then obviously when you know I got to louder the last major checkpoint and I had 34 miles left in uh, eight and eight and a bit hours I then said to myself well these are the championship miles this this is the point I was referring to earlier this is where it's you, you click your fingers and you you haven't got a choice and I didn't give myself a choice. I knew I had to, to move. And leaving there, I felt I still felt in control. I'd run for over two days. I was tired, obviously, but the adrenaline, I still felt in control the whole way, even though it was so close. I wasn't, you know, I didn't, I, I was still still saving a little bit. And I, I'm, I'm just chuffed. And I've learned that you just got to, I just feel like I, I've got it, I've got it in me. I, I've just got to trust the process and just, just wait for that time, for that, for that real, really important 1% of the run. And that 1% either make, make, makes or breaks. And that was uh, leaving that car park at Louder. And just looking back, I'm just so glad I'd made the decision four or five hours before that, you know, it might have gone. But I was mature enough to accept that that was fine. Yeah. That was a, a big, big thing for me, which I will 100% be using again in the future. Stupidly long runs. Hmm. Do you think that there's certain things which are transferable? Uh, so some of the uh, some of the things that you learn here, you can uh, apply to other parts of your life going forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, I started running. You know, I was doing the half marathons and stuff like that, and I soon realised that. It, it promotes the best version of me. You know, I might have struggled in the past with, with X, Y, and Z, and you know, I've not been I've not been perfect. But um, when I had the chat with my partner Jess, and like, I decided I wanted to go for, you know, just to finish one of my races or just to finish the off a diet race, I made a decision then, and it's, you know, it's a family decision. It's not easy um, time and money that you have to put in, and I I knew then it it makes me the best version of me, so. Just yeah, just just yeah. sticking out, sticking out. That says everything, really, mate. You know, um, it's, uh, it's it's a, a lifestyle. It's... Even if you're at the top end or you're at the bottom end, you're in the middle. Yeah. If you if you make it your lifestyle, and it doesn't have to be running 100 miles a week. If you only run 40 miles a week, you run 40 miles a week. You do one core session a week instead of bloody six. That's yeah. fine. But you're 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 dedicating something, and every decision I make, somewhere along the line, trickles down to to running um, and it doesn't have to be that severe you know it can be whether you want to drink your alcohol on Thursday night Friday night Saturday night Sunday night or just Sunday afternoon you know little things like that but if you let running in I've said this before if you let running in and let it affect, affect your life it can only be positive 100% well said mate well said um that's brilliant mate uh that's exactly the sort of kind of stuff that's um you know people want to hear you know and uh and you know that's going to inspire people to to kind of go to the next step and make the jump you know make the leap um basically uh yeah i just wanted to kind of um uh mention about uh in terms of the challenge uh, one thing with the uh, basically southern up the way 200 plus miles 214 miles give or take um, yeah. and you know did you approach it by the sounds of things it, you didn't approach it as 214 miles you approached it uh, in a strategy where you were breaking down the challenge into sections you know that mm -hmm. pacer would basically be running with you that section then you meet that checkpoint then somebody else would take over so you had a consistent yeah. pace throughout um 
would you say in terms of the challenge itself that you broke it down? Yeah, well, like I said, when we were speaking on the WhatsApp group, I think there was, you know, 15 people on that. And we were just talking and I was just sort of relaying my, my strategy. Um, I knew I was going to start fast. I knew I was going to be ahead of time um, for the first 100 miles, which was which was the plan. But apart from that, the middle 100, I'll well, say the middle 80, was, wasn't... It wasn't discussed or divulged in in great detail because I set myself up for for the first hundred and I moved well and I was fine. The middle eighty heading over that tough terrain, which I knew I knew it. I knew the I knew the way relatively well because I've, I've done some training runs up there. That was just a maintain and survive sort of sort of timescale. And then I set myself up for the I call them championship miles. You know those last 34 35 miles um so really it was two two chunks that i'd really thought about the first 100 and the last 35 but the middle 80 was just keep going keep moving stay keep warm the wheels on. eat and eat and drink keep the wheels on and set yourself up and give you give yourself the chance to prove what you can do and that's what i managed to do over the last 35 miles yeah yeah, perfect, Mike. Um, in terms of basically uh, things you'd do different, if anything, uh, is there anything that you would change? Um, you know, that was in within your control. Yeah, um, obviously the the time of year wasn't ideal. Um, you know, daylight was poor, but I'd recovered well from my previous uh, fastest known time, and I just felt like it was the right time. Yeah. Uh, I spoke so to you about it before. October the 10th, was, wasn't it? Yeah, October 10th. Mike did it, um, I think, July the 10th. So, you know, the difference in daylight was, was massive. You know, we had bad weather. It was Scotland. We had we had tough conditions Friday afternoon into Friday Very, night. very kind of wet underfoot. It's a wet route, isn't it? You know, it's yeah, a beautiful it's a route, but it's very, very kind of wet, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a wet route. And, you know, foot care, we spoke about that. Uh, how, how vital that was, uh, and that that set me up. I knew if I could control certain factors, control my how my feet were, uh, I knew I could. It would give me the best chance and set myself up, and and that that's what happened. Um, things I'd change. I'm not sure. You know, it's a tough one. Well, yeah, and it I, was I think, a success, be, wasn't it? I think you know? I'd be saying this. I think I'd be saying this if I'd missed out by 13 minutes as well. Yeah. Uh, I'd love, I'd love Hugh Davis to have been there because uh, me and him work extremely well, uh, and he is. It's like, cool. It's like putting on Facebook, or has anyone got a Sunday League player, and then Lionel Messi turning up? That's what. That's how yeah. I look it's at you. It's a brother, and it? it's a brother. But, yeah. When, when we're on the mountains or we're on the trails, that you know, yeah. he was absolutely superb. So that would have been cool to have in there. Um, but the logistics and the ins and outs of everything, I really don't think there's much. And I've had you know a couple of weeks to think about it. I don't think there's much I could uh, could have yeah. changed. In terms, of basically, the the record that you set. What was the time that you completed the uh, the the Southern Upland Way in? Yeah, uh, so Mike's time was 55 55 in 1988, and my time was 55 42 13 seconds, I think, something like that. So, uh, just under 13 minutes taken off. Brilliant, man. Off my, Mike's Absolutely time. brilliant. Uh, and in terms of basically, uh, do you think that, uh, that you would go back to the Southern Upland Way, or is it new challenges and it's behind you now? Yeah. Uh, that's a tough one as well. Um, all I'll say is, and I, I've said this since day one, when you know I've been going for times or whatever, someone can take the time off me, but they can't take the memories and the people I've met. The experience was just, it was fantastic. And it brings a smile to my face just thinking about it. And like I said, I, I would be saying this if I'd missed out about 13 minutes. I would be saying the same thing. Yeah. Um, so no, I don't think I, I don't think I will go back. I, I went against Mike Hartley, and I beat him on that weekend, or I beat the time on that weekend, and I just needed to prove to myself that I could mix it with. You know, Mike was absolutely he was a world class runner, a GB runner, 
you know, I spoke to Mark before and he said that if he was in the shape he was in when he did the Pennine way, when he did the Southern Upland way, you know, he could have taken hours off that time. Um, it was one of the first big ones that he did uh, back in the in the 80s. So, the, the, you know, that was playing on my mind a little bit, but I've only been running for two and a half years, these stupid things. So yeah. I'm sort of in the same, I'm, I'm yeah. sort of in the same boat as him. Yeah, you're gonna get better, mate. You're gonna get better, and um, and and just to confirm, you're 26, aren't you? Yeah, 26. 26, and um, you know, you can see that Damien Hall, nothing, no slight against him, you know, uh, but you know, he's he's in his 40s and he's still going, you know what I mean? And yeah. uh, and he's just yeah. been improving with age, you know. So um, yeah, you know, definitely. and like I said, Nicky, Nicky's a marvelous runner uh, as well, yeah. you know. So um, there's no um, there's no age. Uh, you know, bracket or anything like that. You know, Joss. Yeah, another uh, just just a thing on the age thing. If there's anyone listening or whatever, thinking you know my age or thirty or whatever, and you're thinking about making the jump into real life, not life changing distances, but really you know some crazy stuff maybe next year. Just go for it because all these all these older runners, you know. 40, 46, or you know, I've spoken to Damon quite a lot. You know, they wish they'd found it in the in the early life, just just for the fact of not necessarily for recovery purposes, but recovery from injuries. But you've got more time to enjoy the sport you love, and the satisfaction of finish a fifty, a seventy five, a hundred, or you know, if you start going into two days, you know, one hundred and fifty is is brilliant. And I just I'd I'd say to people, make the jump and take the risk and. And just just go and just just find that experience that you're after. And just just go for it. Don't let people tell you you're too young to do it or anything ridiculous like that. You know, I had lads at work and I had my partner at first. You know, why are you rushing? Why are you rushing into this? Why are you rushing into that? Because I because I've got a goal. I'm, I'm you know I'm a little bit unrealistic, but it's all worked out. You know, it's not been easy. It's been it's been horrendous and there's been some really tough times, but. If you dedicate your life to the sport, I think you know just jump in, jump in as early as you can, and have as many years doing it as you can. I'd say. Brilliant, mate. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, I think that pretty much kind of covers the main questions. The next kind of the next kind of thing is what's next. Yeah, um, I said it earlier on. I I do think I can move up a few more levels, one hundred percent. Not just in you know experience and time on my feet, as in you know I've, I'd say I've been ultra running for five years. I don't mean that. I mean like the pace, the the knowledge, the everything. You know, I I feel like I'm I'm, I'm at them doors. I've sort of opened them a bit, but I need to sort of smash through. So I, there's races I want to do. Um, the Trans Gran Canaria, the, the 360 race, is 158 miles. I would absolutely love the opportunity to do that. I've seen the course record, I've seen this and that, and I would jump at the bit to race race down there. I'd love to race the Lake Tahoe 200 or Big 200 in in America, but like I said, I've, I've pumped in so much money, time and effort. I can't really do any more than I'm doing realistically. It's not fair on my family either, you know, just off my own back. Um, but for distance-wise, what's next? I'm going to stay with 100-plus runs. I Maybe even 120-plus is what I'm going to stick to for the foreseeable future, for races anyway. Brilliant. And um, on the last interview, you also mentioned that uh, you'd like a bit of more of a bash at some of the rounds, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, basically, in terms of uh, Paddy, I think you mentioned you were going to have a bash yeah. at that one. Is that right? Yeah, I've got uh, I've got a winter Paddy coming with you, Davis. He's back for Christmas. Oh well, obviously Wales is not. Yeah, the absolutely. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. So the, that that's in the that's been penciled in just before Christmas. But we're not we're not going for for any times. We just want to have a long catch up on the mountains and and right. get cold and get get wet. We're not really bothered about the twenty-four hour thing, uh, but that that that'd be cool to get to get that under my belt. Uh, I've got the Northern Traverse in April, uh, all being well. Ian Keith's racing as well, which is cool. Um, I've seen his course record and compared it to other races, and I, I really think I can do uh, I can do okay at that. So that'll be that'll be exciting. Uh, I've got UTMB um, 
September next year all being well but regarding the rounds uh, I really like the look of the double the double Paddy Buckley I would I really think that that would suit me uh, and that's definitely something that I um, I want to do soon definitely yeah tick off I think that concludes it mate I think that's it uh, thanks so much for basically you know uh, putting up with us again uh, you know uh, sorry about the first time um, just having a look at things on here and uh, and everything seems to be you know absolutely fine in terms of recording so um, really? I think we're uh, I think we're suited and booted this time around mate um, cool. so yeah that's uh, that kind of puts everything everything's done yeah I'd just like to say uh, if there's some of the sport people are listening to this then I've said thank you and I've said it online and all that but honestly you were you were all a part of it whether you added 5%, 1%, 6%, 10% to the run it was not possible without you so that time you should look at that and uh, you should be proud of it for, you, for your own achievement as well because 100% and then uh, just say thank you to you Wayne because you were your enthusiasm and energy was absolutely splendid and if you can put that, and I know you do put that, but if you put that into any anywhere near that into your own events, then day in day will, out, mate, day in day out. Uh, no, um, I have no doubt. Yeah. But the, 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 everyone I spoke to about you, and I've had emails since saying, you know, Wayne's a cracking bloke. Just if anyone's listening and thinking about doing some of these events, doing the Southern Open Way race, the route deserves it, and uh, it deserves your attention and. You, I can imagine you put on an absolutely splendid event, and possibly Cheers, I might mate. be racing, racing some of your events. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, mate. I appreciate that. Um, that's uh, kind words, mate. Yeah, you know, uh, nice to hear. You know, um, yeah, big, big year uh, next year. You know, all being well, so uh, fingers crossed. Uh, but no, that's uh, that's really good of you. It was important. Uh, I think a really kind of important comment uh, that you mentioned as well is that everybody who's been involved, uh, you know, it's like, you know, um, it's all had an influence. It's all had a positive impact and it's all kind of played yeah. a part, a percentage in yeah. making that kind of happen for you. Um, so, you know, I think last time that we spoke, you know, so your training is X amount percent. Uh, just remind us on that. That's a really kind of good uh, good ending to it as well, you know. So, uh, what, what would you say? What kind of uh, percentages? Just off yeah. off the top of your head, you know, and and uh, throw yeah. some numbers. If you, were, if you were putting into a graph sort of uh, sort of format, um, firstly, being brave enough and making the decision to to go after it is is you know that's fifteen percent, ten percent, twenty percent, you know that's part of it because as soon as you make that decision for someone like me there's no backing out there and I've got I've, I've got to grab it by the horns and go for it you've then got the training and the specific training of actually driving to Scotland um, putting in the miles learning the route you know I ran through the night for six, for 14 hours I ran through the night on a Friday night after I've been working all week you know it wasn't easy so that that's another 20% you then you've got to, you've got to build the right schedule and the right support crew without them even doing anything so you've got to have the experience another 20%, so that we're at 60%. And then you've got them actually, the support crew turning up and delivering absolutely vital words and giving you gear at the right time and pushing you, physically pushing your pills, which happened, another 20%. And then you just open the door and you've just got to perform yourself. Uh, and luckily I managed to do that. I'd also like to just quickly say that when I left the car park at Wilder, uh, Neil Rutherford, you know, he said, you know, I still believe in you, I still believe you can do this and all that. But at that point, I wasn't just thinking about, I was thinking about every single person who, you know, had invested time in this. Uh, and that that really helped, you know, and that was that was cool. I, I owed it to, to, to everyone and everyone online, you know, who was sending me messages and that and my family at home. I wasn't thinking of myself at that point. I was thinking of... Uh, other people yeah absolutely yeah it definitely has a as a role to play doesn't it you know um mm. uh it's kind of expectations and you you don't want to let people down there is an element of that isn't there you know um uh, yeah I, I, maybe not the letting them down but just i mean to finish the run would have been positive absolutely you know 20 minutes after the record you know i still ran the furthest i'd ever ran and got close to mike's time but I wanted a positive outcome for, you know, I wanted for everyone because, you know, times, 
doom and gloom and there's a lot of bad stuff going on. I'm just lucky that it managed to even go ahead, to be honest, just, yeah. just to get it get it done. So uh, yeah. absolutely fantastic weekend. Brilliant. That's, uh, that's basically summarises it and perfect timing because one of the girls is uh, is crying upstairs. So yeah. I'm going to have to... Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to make a dart, mate. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You'll have this all to come, mate, you know, so... um, Yeah, yeah. I've got a few more runs to do. (laughs) (laughs) Make the most of it, mate, because your life goes out the window, you know. Well, thanks for your time, mate. Yeah, no worries, mate. No, no, pleasure, mate. Pleasure, and uh, all the best for the future, mate. And if there's anything that you need, just uh, feel free to uh, reach out, mate, and, and we'll make it happen. All right, stay in touch, mate. All Thank right. you. You take care. Charming. Bye.